Hey everyone, it's Henry, aka Cairo, here to remind you to check out the care warnings and transcript in the episode description. Grab a nice hot drink and have a safe listen. Mythale presents Circe's. Episode 23, Movie Star. I uh, got a new stack of files from Matthew. I skimmed through them and I think I found a session that you should read. So, do you think it might be relevant to our case? <laughs> mm-hmm. Super relevant. Alright, then... Okay, uh, time to work on a few bulk session recordings. I am for once not alone in my little makeshift recording studio since Cairo finally decided to join me for once. So if you experience any disturbance through the recording, you know who to blame. Ha ha, Elias. Very funny. Well, let's get right into it, shall we? You're the one reading the session, not me. Case file 2679902-16, session with Hannah Nilsson, written on the 16th of July, 2016. The session was recorded on the 1st of April, 2023, by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. A celebrity meltdown. Of course that is what I will be known for. Not any of my award-winning movies. No, the only thing the whole world seems to care about is my goddamn meltdown. But there's nothing I can do to take it back now. I don't know how much the workers here keep up with current-day celebrities, since all I've ever heard play around this hellhole is music from before I was even born. I guess we all have different tastes, but my god, would it kill them to play something that was made in the 21st century? I know this comes off as whiny, but I have spent the past four years in the spotlight. You get accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And I can't exactly say this place lives up to the standard. My goodness, what a brat. (laughs) Why don't you continue? The whole first page is just a rant about the conditions of the institution, including a review. Well, what does the review say? Sunshine Valley Mental Institution has a disregard for all decorum. The bedrooms are plain and they expect us to decorate ourselves with no chance of assistance from the staff. The food is stale and most days served as a buffet. I have for the past four years not have to stand in line. Starting now feels ridiculous. 
When I informed the staff of my celebrity status, they still made me wait at the back of the line. The therapists available at Sunshine Valley are mediocre at best. They have no dress code, and some have dyed hair and even piercings, which feels highly unprofessional. I would not recommend this place to a dog. One star. There is no way there's a one star rating. Look for yourself. <laughs> well, I'll be that. She even colored it in and everything. <laughs> oh, sweet lord. <laughs> is there anything worth recording in there? Hold on just a second. Um, mm -mm. It seems you start describing her account at the bottom of the second page. Let's just take it from there, then. I don't see a point in recording the other half. It seems kind of pointless. Um, no one wants to listen to her being a diva for, like, ten minutes straight. You might be right about that. Um. Session continues. What bothers me so much about that meltdown is the fact that it wasn't even my fault. If it hadn't been for Lawrence, I wouldn't be here in the first place. I always felt like he was out to get me, and what he did that day only confirmed my suspicions. I've always had an ick when it came to Lawrence. His smile never quite reached his eyes, and he always seemed to be just a step too close to you. But he was a good actor, which unfortunately meant we ended up being cast for the same projects every now and then. I did even actively stay away from the casting if I knew he was going to audition, since he always seemed to get the role he wanted. I had in this instance forgotten to check the auditioning list before I got the role, which to my discomfort landed me on a six-month recording schedule with Lawrence. He was ecstatic to see me, but his joy didn't exactly mirror in his face. My expression of comfort had switched to one of deep dread. I'd already signed the contract, so I had no way of getting out of this one. He wrapped his arms around me without even asking, pulling me into a very one-sided hug. His mouth was in constant movement, spewing words out like a broken septic tank. Lawrence was like a parasite to me. Once you have one, it's nearly impossible to get rid of. If he found himself in the same room as me, I could almost feel him breathing down my neck. That's how close he insisted on being to me. I could gag at just the memory of his reeking body spray. It always came off smelling musty and rotten. I don't know why he never seemed to notice that, and honestly, I seemed to be the only one that noticed. None of that matters now. I tried to tell the police what had happened, but they wouldn't hear of it. Never even launched an investigation into Lawrence. He is free as a bird, while I'm the one who has to be locked up like some pig for slaughter. I do realize that what I told him sounded crazy, but I had hoped they would have at least tried to help me. I know he did this to me. There is not a doubt in my mind. Let me explain what happened. I think we had been filming for about a month, and I had already had more than enough of Lawrence and his lack of respect for my personal space. 
I've been talking to my agent about ways I could avoid filming with Lawrence as much as possible. But they wouldn't hear any of it. Told me it was just bad luck and I had to bite my tongue until we were done with recordings. That seemed to get harder as the days passed by. Lawrence would find any excuse to come knocking at my trailer. Line revision, lunch break, coffee, or any other stupid excuse he thought was just friendly banter. I tried to make him actually aware that when that trailer door was closed, I didn't want anyone, and I meant anyone, in my space. So it came as no surprise when one day I heard a knock on my door around lunchtime. I was just about to lose it when I saw Lauren standing there, that creepy smile plastered on his face. I had been expecting one of the staff members to drop by with the food I had ordered, and the hunger I was feeling did nothing to ease my temper at that moment. I was just about to practice my colorful vocabulary and finally tell Lawrence exactly what had been on my mind for the past many years I'd known him when he held out a bag towards me. I was told to give you this, he said. I look at the bag at tad perplexed, hoisting it out of his hand to look inside. There in the bag, neatly wrapped in foil, was my breakfast burrito. I was a tad taken aback and only managed to mumble something resembling a thank you before he nodded and turned on his heel, for once respecting my personal space. I must have looked like an idiot standing there, watching a man I hated with burning passion walking out of my field of vision. I did break out of my trance eventually, closing my door behind me. What struck me after my initial feeling of unease had lifted was the strong odor that protruded from the back before me. It wasn't an unpleasant smell, it just seemed a bit more in your face than would normally be expected from a burrito. Honestly, just thinking they might be using more spices at this shop than I'm normally used to would probably make for a flavorful experience. I popped open a video on my phone and didn't pay much mind to my burrito as I ate. What bothers me is, it didn't taste bad or rotten. It tasted a little bit different, but nothing major enough to cause suspicion. The weird movement of the food against my teeth did bring a bit of discomfort, especially when I heard a crunch from between my teeth, which was followed by a liquid spreading inside my mouth. I made a face and looked down at the almost empty foil on the table. All that was left was a single, squirming centipede. I was about to pick up the foil to examine the contents more closely when I heard a knock on my door, followed by Lawrence's voice. They want us back on set, ASAP. Just a second, I yelled back throwing the foil into the bin before I could process my findings, and made my way back towards the set, ready for another dreadful recording session with Lawrence. I did not have time to freak out. I had to just convince myself it had been a trick of the light or some odd prank. I didn't feel it at first. The discomfort first came after about an hour. I started feeling this cramp in my stomach, 
Initially, I assumed my period must have come early, but after a trip to the bathroom, I was assured that this wasn't the case. I just brushed it off. Being a woman, I experienced worse pain than a little stomach ache. This was nothing I couldn't handle. But the discomfort kept growing. It went from something I could ignore to an agonizing pain as time passed by, way slower than I would have preferred it to do. I tried to hold it in as long as I could, which was right until I placed a hand on my stomach and felt something move. Against my palm, I felt something squirming. It was a slight movement, but not small enough for me to miss it. I felt sick, violently ill from one second to another. My guts were churning and like a hand was gripping them tightly. I felt the acid start to move up my throat. I didn't think twice before breaking into a sprint, only making it to the edge of the sed before I couldn't hold it in any longer. I dropped to my knees carelessly scraping the skin off my exposed knees as I bent over, a gooey liquid escaping my body in a ghastly stream. I cried heavily, salty tears freely streaming down my face. The liquid spread, shades of acid green and yellow coloring the ground. What putrefied me as I looked down at the mess before me was not the unnatural color, but the almost see-through centipede squirming in it. My feet felt numb even as I stumbled back. I just screamed. I screamed until I tore my throat bloody. I don't believe anyone can help me. They didn't listen to me when they drove me away. I never got any scans taken and since I didn't vomit again, they sent me here the second I was breathing normally so that you could probe me like some damn lap rat. I am not for show and tell. I wish I could escape because I need someone to save me before it's too late. I still feel it. I know you people are going to dismiss this just like the doctors did. But I can feel it. That sickly squirming inside my gut. I can feel it whenever I try to sleep. Lawrence poisoned me. That's the only logical explanation. He wanted me gone. That's why he's been following me for all these years. He never looked at me the same after I rejected him a few years back. If he couldn't have me, no one could, I suppose. That's the only explanation I can find as to what happened to me. He must have slipped some poison or pill into my burrito and now it's slowly killing me. What else could it be? I need the squirming to stop. I need Lawrence behind bars. Elias, I think you need to hear this. Oh, uh, what is it? I found some hospital files that had her name written on them. I think she was hospitalized after she left Sunshine Valley. Right. Do you want me to read it? Um, no, no, it's fine. I can do it. <clears throat> Hannah Nilsson was admitted to the hospital 
at 2013 on the 19th of July, 2016. It was assumed that she was suffering from internal bleeding from an unknown source, as she had been said to be in severe pain, stemming from her stomach. Hannah was then taken in for a full MRI scan, where they found foreign matter in her intestine and stomach. She was instantly prepped for emergency surgery, with no real idea of what would be found inside her. She was put under general anesthesia at 9.45 the same night, and tests were being run as they cut her open to see what could have caused the problem. Upon opening her intestine, they found the answer as to what had shown up on the MRI scan. Oh god, that, that's disgusting. What did they find? From her intestines spilled out a large number of different bugs, um, mainly different breeds of slugs and centipedes. Pardon me? It's uh, written right here. Uh, see for yourself. Her body was found to have been carrying a total of one kilogram worth of bugs when they were weighed. All the bugs seems to have been alive, which came as a surprise since they had been through her stomach to get into the intestines. No further explanation can be given as to how the bugs made their way into her body or how they survived the strong stomach acid. Hannah Nilsson unfortunately passed away just two days later from a rupture in the mucosa, which is the lining inside the human stomach. The acid leaked through her skin throughout the night. Upon the morning checkup, she was found dead with an open wound in her stomach where more living bugs had been found in and around the corpse. That... that's all they got? That's just horrific. But this isn't the first session I have had regarding bugs. It carries a lot of similarities to case file 15878352 which is my session with Kristen regarding Ben Mare. I found out through Kristen that Ben had passed away just shortly after, but with an abnormal number of maggots inside his throat. I feel like I'm not going to be in the mood for lunch today. Just be serious for a second. This might be another clue. Do they say Rahana was buried? Oh, um... Let's see... She wasn't buried. What's that supposed to mean? The body disappeared before the morticians could come to collect it. She still hasn't been found. Oh, hold, hold on. I saw there was a police file attached to the Ben Mary case as well. I think you might have overseen it. It was written on the back. I thought it covered everything. What was it about? Ben's body has also been declared missing. But why wouldn't Kristen tell me that? Only his family has been informed, and they did have an empty casket funeral for Ben. Maybe they never told Kristen? This just became more complicated. Seems we got some leads to look into, at least. And just as I thought, things had started to make sense.
Circe's is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode featured Alexander Bauna as Elias Short and Henry Johannesson as Cairo Timor. It was audio edited by Henry Johannesson and Elsari. It was manuscript edited by Rita Bauna and Jay Jacobson. And it was written by Alexander F. Bauna. If you like what we do, tell your friends and loved ones all about our show, or support us on our GoFi by buying some art or donating whatever you feel comfortable with. Want to get to know us better? Follow us on social media or join our public Discord server. All the links are in the episode description. Thank you for listening.